Hi, I'm Freya West. Welcome to Ladyland. Think about your closest friend. Maybe you know where she works, but do you know what she does all day? Do you know her job title? Do you know what she studied in school? Turns out, I didn't. So, I made a podcast to find out. Welcome to Ladyland. I'm your host, Kim Baldwin. This is a conversation with women from all walks of life and different backgrounds. It's funny at times, serious at times, but always honest. This is Ladyland. Freya, how are you doing? Hi, Kim. Welcome to uh, Pod Studio. It's beautiful in here. Thanks. It's pink. It's great. I know. It's so cozy. So I like to let my guests introduce themselves. If you would, just say your name, what you want people. Just how do you how do you identify? How do you introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm Freya West, and I like to say that I'm a burlesque warrior. So what that means to me, I, I do burlesque full time. I dance in front of strangers in my underwear uh, <laughs> <laughs> all over the country and all over the world. I mean, and who doesn't? I mean, everyone should. If you don't, like, you're get, get your, your life. life. <laughs> Jinx. But yeah, I teach burlesque. So I teach dance and I teach movement, but also charisma and presence on stage. So it's not just dancers and performers. It's also for businesswomen and entrepreneurs. Yeah, I just want people to be more at home in their bodies and know that everybody is sexy and sexy doesn't have to be serious. Listen, I I feel like my goal is to make Nashville more naked and I feel very successful (laughs) with that goal. So uh, it's a a pretty good life. I like it. Man, I want that bumper sticker on the back of your... (laughs) Your wagon out yes, there. Yes, yes. On the back of my pickup truck. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so you and I met, LOL, back, let's take it, let's take it way back, <laughs> yeah. 2012. Corporate life. <laughs> it's so fun when people find out I know you and they're just like, how? Which is, I think they don't mean it to be offensive to me. <laughs> No, I love that. I, I, It's weird, the um, intersections of, I got someone yes. who is a fan, comes to a lot of my shows. He actually was like, I was at this party, and then I met this girl who's a tattoo artist, and she knows you. And, like, I love the intersections. I think that's just Nashville, though, more than it anything. It is true Nashville. Yeah. But specifically for us, we met in the corporate world, and we, you know, we're totally those same people working those same it's, jobs. Oh, my God. We <laughs> got hired ago. the same time. I think I had been there a couple days and you were interviewing, and you had blue hair, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, this she's not going to want to be here." I had I had just dyed my I had just gotten my hair done. My hairdresser had just done my hair, and then the interview was scheduled, and I was like, "Well, I can either wear a wig or I can wear this <laughs> blue hair, and I don't know which one's weirder." So here we go. I saw you, and I so bad. I was like, "Man, I hope she gets this job." But man, I hope she gets another job. This place is terrible. <laughs> and then they announced you were hired, and it was pretty soon. I remember, like, "Hey, did you get offered?" any other job like this place is real bad (laughs) you should probably just leave immediately (laughs) yeah okay so a lot of people know you know you publicly you have a big online presence Ooh, thank you but i feel like there's a part of you that's not 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 as public i don't i'm not gonna ask you about that kind of stuff but i think because you've been around in the nashville burlesque scene for so long a lot of us either have forgotten how you came into burlesque or they're newer fans and followers who just missed the origin story. I came out of the womb fully formed with tassels on, <laughs> twirling them into the world, girl. 
They slapped you and you had tassels on. They slapped me and instead of screaming, I just spun my tassels around. I wish that was true. <laughs> well, okay, first of all, I, I feel like I'm a pretty open book all over the place. I but know. Yes, we can we can revisit the origin story. Yeah, just how did you come to it? Like, I didn't know about burlesque really until I met you. I mean, I was aware that I knew the word, seen that movie. But I <laughs> but was like have. in my late 30s before I really knew what burlesque was. And it came to you much earlier. So I'm just curious. I only know my experience. So how did you find it? So uh, I will say that like this is probably if you polled the burlesque dancers of the nation and you ask them what the number one question is that they get asked, it's how did you get into this? Damn it. But it's because it's a valid question, right? No one that listens um, to this is going to know the answer. <laughs> maybe they will. Maybe they'll have their own origin story and they'll also be feeling oh it God. along the way. Well, for me personally, I, I danced all through high school. Um, I danced in college. I am not who if you are picturing a dancer I am probably not that person because I am all of 5'3". I am very (laughs) curvy and so I was often the fattest girl in my dance class and so I got put in the back a lot for the choruses and I was like these girls on the front might be skinnier than me but they don't know the steps as well as me and that's irritating because it's one thing if it's if it's actually about skill and talent but if it's body politics no I don't have time for that so I quit I quit dance I quit performing and I was working my first corporate job out of college in Chicago and I was working at a publishing house which I thought was going to be my dream job right I wanted to be a writer I was working for this publishing house and writing about books that like weird travel books so like very still on brand for me (laughs) Um, But was a kind of a terrible company to work for. And the job was not as had been advertised as often is the case. I was sitting at a desk all day or commuting back and forth because it was just outside of the city. So I was very sedentary and having been active my whole life and like wanted to dance like I I really missed that outlet. So I had gone to see a burlesque show with some friends because I had friends who said, hey, there's this thing happening. It's going to be really cool. Um, So I went to go see the show, the Belmont Burlesque Review in Chicago. I still some of those gals they were really wonderful and I was blown away like I saw this show and I was like look at all of these beautiful bodies that are on stage and they you know are creating this self-authored art so like everything was just so unique and so original to every performer like you could tell that they were like here's a piece of my heart that I put into a costume and onto this stage and I am handing it to you and so the like the rawness of that and like the unabashed sparkle of all of it <laughs> like I yeah I was in love and I was like okay how do how do I, I have to do this, which I think is a lot of people who come to my classes and a a lot of burlesque dancers, if you ask them, like, it's the same kind of thing, right? Like, we were all kind of looking for what is what is this art form? Like, how can I share my heart with people? How can I, you know, share myself? And so for that's different for every person. But um, for me, like I saw burlesque and I was like, this, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah, when I again, I knew I knew what it was, but I'd never been to a show. And I don't know how much Nashville really had the burlesque scene it does now back when I there, like, there wasn't it, really. It really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So in fairness to me, it wasn't like there's this thing if everyone knew about me. It just wasn't really here. When I moved here in 2009, I moved back to Nashville. I grew up in the, around the area, moved yeah. to Chicago for college. Came back and there were, I think there were six shows a year. So there were like, there were two companies that were producing shows a couple times a year. So it was like, if you missed when that show happened, then yeah, you weren't going to see it. So that's what I remember. I went to, I think hilariously, all of us went, all of us that worked together were like, let's go watch this shit. (laughs) Um, Oh, can we curse on here? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, great. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should have known better. (laughs) And 
I think my first show was a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know it was. Yeah. Boolesque at the Belcourt, Boo- probably. Boolesque. Yeah. It was a marathon. Oh, at Marathon. Yeah. We'd already been there. It was a there. big one. Boolesque was always like our biggest show of the year that we did. I mean, cost a lot of money to put on, but such a big spectacle, such a fun show. It was so fun. Yeah. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. I was like, oh, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see why people want to do this. And it was packed and people loved it. And it was so, it was just so fun. I like to watch a community. And I came in and I was like, oh, these people in the audience, they come every time. They know everybody, all the performers' mm-hmm. names. Like they had, some of them had signs and stuff. And of course, they were all dressed up. And yeah, I think that's one of the things that's really fun about Burlesque because uh, sometimes people think, well, if I'm not going to be a performer, like where do I fit in? But like there's a place for you in Burlesque. Even oh, yeah. if that's as an audience member or yeah. you want to be backstage or wherever it is because it's very community based. Right. Like it's almost all the shows that happen in at least in the U.S. The Europe is a little bit different, but at least in the U.S., they're all produced by performers. So everything is very like grassroots based. It's all sort of community theater model. Right. Like we're all doing this ourselves. Yeah. So one of the things that's great about that is that we get a lot of help and we need a lot of help from the people who come to our shows. And so, you know, not only are you coming out as an audience member to like have a good time, but you feel like you're part of this because you get to know us as performers. You get to be part of it by dressing up. And like, I feel like the people who are our diehard fans, like they love bringing new people to oh, shows, yeah, they do. right? Yeah, they um, do. It's like, that's their job that they consider, which is I'm so forever grateful for, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah. incredible. I did that. I yeah. brought people like from my running group. I was like, we're doing this thing. And they were like, yeah. is it stripping? I was like, don't worry about it. We're just, we're doing this <laughs> thing. It'll make sense when you see it. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it, right? Because I think people get nervous because they don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, that's better. Like, it's better that you don't know. Like, just come and find out. And you know what? If you hate it, oh, well, you can always leave. Like, you can do something else. No one's going to be hurt about it. (laughs) Don't come again. Mm -hmm. It's great to watch you perform, too. That's the fun thing about being friends with you. (laughs) I don't know anyone famous, but it has to be this feeling. You're stage Freya. And then you're like the Freya I eat lunch with and have pizza with. <laughs> yes, I agree. I think a burlesque gets really noticeable because with like musicians or whatever, like they're they're doing a song, they're doing a performance piece. And with burlesque, like I'm still Freya, but I, I'm Freya at 11, right? Because you have to be, because yes. if you're on stage and you're just yourself, then no one wants to see that, right? Like it's not <laughs> entertainment. Like, so don't do that. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm that, or I'm, you know, this super drama queen bitch, which I also love to do on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've talked before. You also used to teach yoga and can teach yoga and probably still sometimes teach yoga at the studio. But I have a lot of friends who are yoga teachers and I'm totally switching gears. And we've been talking recently just about the weight of holding people's pain. I know your experience with that, but I hadn't thought about where it touches other teachers or professions. And I've just realized like, oh, of course, it's also yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. So how do you protect yourself? Like, what is your... So where's I mean, your boundary? How do a, you? It's a huge part of my job teaching, but also on stage. I mean, I perform Ooh. on stage and almost every show someone will come up to me and tell me a story about their life. I, had oh, a, I hadn't thought about this part. Yeah, I had a man very recently at Skulls, which is where I produce a show three nights a week. Yes. He came up to me afterward and he kind of like gave me a hug and, you know, I'm used to like the same kind of interactions over and over, which is like, oh my gosh, that show was so great or, you know, whatever. I mean, very rarely is someone inappropriate, which is, it is what it is because yeah. you're working in customer service at that yeah. point. But he came up to me and he was like, I just really loved what you did. I, I have an act called I Don't Want to Get Thin. 
Oh, and um, that act. it was a piece written in the 1920s it's amazing. Um, by Sophie Tucker, and I updated it for our these modern times, but I didn't have to update that much, which is kind of sad. It's um, heartbreaking. Yeah, so I, I get to do that piece every week, which is great. Oh, I didn't know you did it every week. I do. Okay. I do it uh, mostly every Thursday night. Okay. Um, I'll do, I do it. And uh, it's always interesting, the reactions that I get from people. But mostly it's great because also like body positivity is such a buzzword now. So people like, even if they don't get it, they're like, oh, I know that this is supposed to be cool, right? But anyway, to get back to my story, this man came up to me after the show. I had done that piece and he said, I recorded your act and I sent it to my daughter. It meant so much to me that you did that and that you do this on stage and that like I can send this to my daughter and that I was here right now and like teared up on me and was just like, thank you for everything that you do. Like, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up and thank you for being seen. It like makes me <laughs> have chills just yes. talking about it. So, I mean, that that's a case where, you know, he wasn't putting any, any trauma or anything on me but I get a lot of those really emotional responses from people I also have resting nice face so (laughs) like this has happened to me my entire life people are like hi can I tell you about like when my dad died three years ago and I'm like I don't know your name but sure let's talk about it so back to what your question was which I have avoided no (laughs) take this anywhere you want to take it (laughs) so of course it's really important to protect your own energy wow It is very important to protect your own energy because if you don't, then you get burned out, right? Which happens to a lot of yoga teachers, I think, in particular, because people think of it as here's this fun thing. I'm helping people work through blocks, blah, 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 blah. But you don't realize the sort of the other side, the emotional toll that it takes on you because people are coming and everyone is broken in their own way, right? And yoga is one of the places we move through that. Teaching dance is one of the ways that people move through that, being physical in our bodies in ways that we were never taught and getting in touch with places in our body that Maybe we hadn't have never gotten in touch with before. You know, I mean, it seems silly, but like teaching people how to shimmy like unlocks oh things for people because uh, we're yes, taught to just strap these puppies down <laughs> and, you know, you can either show them off or you can hide them away. But those are the two things. So when I'm like, I want you to move these pieces of your body. Yeah. People laugh. People cry. Like it's crazy. This just the emotional reactions that come up that you don't you don't think about as being, you know, triggering in any way. So I try and really honor people who come to me with their trauma. Most people are very respectful. Like when they come to me, I get a lot of people who ask me, they say, hey, I really want to talk through something. Do you have the time and energy for it? Which I always really appreciate. That doesn't always happen, but it's nice to know because I can kind of prepare myself. I try and be really open to what they say, but I I try and also let it sort of pass through me as opposed to like catching it like a net, you know? Like I want to take it in, but I also like want to let myself like those words are going to hit me. They're going to pass through me They're I'm going to feel the weight of them and then I'm going to let them keep going. God, that's so good. So it doesn't mean that none of that stays with me, but it means that I am no longer the... I, I You're ha- not the repository. Exactly, for, exactly. Man, that's a good analogy. It's okay. not always the easiest thing to do, but that's always yeah. my goal. Because if I just set up a wall, then I'm not there for them. I'm not there for whoever is is trusting me with their story, trusting me with their trauma. And so, you know, I, I want to be that person. We all need those people. And if I have the energy for it, like, yeah, of course, that's part of what healing is. That's part yeah. of what making people more powerful is, which is like what I'm all about. This This happens when you are teaching dance and burlesque. Yeah. Like, we're not necessarily talking about you as a yoga teacher. We're talking about no, definitely. the folks so, that come in and take burlesque classes. I also classes. teach stretch, which is very different than oh, yoga. that's right. So stretching and, like, flexibility is specifically about getting your splits, your back bends, yeah. you know, whatever that is. So it's different because there's a goal, unlike yoga, where, mm. you know, you're practicing to practice. Mm-hmm. But that comes up a lot. I talk about that every time I do a stretch workshop or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, hey, we need to talk about emotions before we get into this. Because if people know that that's something that they can expect, like, if they know, like, hey, I'm 
I might cry or uncontrollably laugh or be angry or, you know, get really hot or cold. Weird stuff happens. Weird stuff happens. But if people can be prepared for that, that that's a possibility, they're not as afraid of it. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm having a hot flash while I'm trying to do this stretch and something must be terribly wrong with me and I have to get out of this immediately. You know, so I think talking about it, I mean, of course, like removing the shame from it, right? Like, is just a huge factor of it because, you know, I teach a class specifically on getting your splits and people come to it with so much shame. Like, they're like, I just, I never had my splits and I don't think I'm ever going to get them and I'm, I'm not really sure why I'm here. And I'm like, because you're taking a class to help you do it. Like, that's the whole point of a class. But yeah, these weird expectations that we have about ourselves and how we should or shouldn't be specifically in our bodies oh is it's insane. The well, way that specifically, we yeah. like women's sexuality. And I know you there's all genders that come to your classes. But even like when I first took your class and I was there's been a lot of therapy in between. But I was just like, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. And at the time, I was super athletic and super disordered. Mm -hmm. And my body was very rigid and muscular. And I was like, I only move like a robot. I don't know how to shimmy (laughs) or shift. And I just felt I wouldn't have known it was shame in real time, mm-hmm. but I can look back and like, man, that poor little person, little robot. <laughs> she was just like, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know the boundaries of like, am I comfortable well, also, learning how to do a sexy thing with my body? Even the way here? that you just talked about it right now. I can't move my body this way. I only move this way, right? <laughs> like, instead of saying like, th- th- I, it always cracks me up because people like you're in a class. If you already knew how to do the thing, you wouldn't be taking a goddamn class. Like you would be out doing the thing, it's right? I'm wired. It's not how most people are wired, right? <laughs> like we were expected to be perfect right out the gate or like do it or get the fuck out. Yeah. And that's it. Like there's no room for improvement. There's no room nope. to explore and to play. And it's like, but that's the only way we actually know how to grow is if we allow ourselves to like be a beginner. I think looking stupid is the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I make my advanced students do it when we have um, really? a class. I make them make up a choreography. And then there's always a point where they go, well, and then I do something here, but I don't really know what it is yet. And I'm like, I want you to do the stupidest thing you can think of right now. And that's the that's the choreography you're doing. And everyone gets really embarrassed. And uh-huh. but they do the thing and their face like you can see the tension wash away because the thing that they were afraid of was doing the stupidest thing they could think of in that place. So if you're like, just do that. And then guess what? Now you can rewrite that however you want it. How are you this smart? Like, <sighs> how do you know this? Because I have done it the hard way my whole life. I just continually smash my head against a wall until a tiny voice goes like, hey, girl, maybe here's an easier way. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I'm smart now, but fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Girl. Like this you, is why we're friends. <laughs> you caught it earlier than I did. And even back when we first met, body posi- hashtag body positivity, it's my sarcasm <laughs> tone, wasn't quite like this marketing jargon it is now. Yeah. Who knows what we called it when we were having conversations. But I was aware that you were practicing a thing that I didn't 100% understand or have language for yet. And this was just right before hashtags and the Mm -hmm. boom of Instagram and Mark and Dove and all this fucking shit. But you were just fucking shoulders back, tits up, and you just walked around the office. (laughs) You weren't trying to lose weight. And I was 37, 38, and you were the first person I'd met in 38 years who was not trying to lose weight, and I didn't know what planet you were from. Wow. And now I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And now I'm well, like, even if you, you met know? people who were like that, they sure as shit weren't going to admit that to anyone else. Right. Still, that's shameful. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, burlesque really helped with that, like mm. watching other bodies on stage that were different than mine and seeing them as equal and valid and beautiful. And I know in like the body positive community now, there's the whole like it doesn't have to be beautiful. Like we just have to allow ourselves to be. And I think that's really important. But I think watching a body that society has always told you to despise and instead being like that is a badass body and a beautiful body like or ambivalence like there's a body yeah I'm just I just want ambivalence I think that's I think that's really transformative you know and so for me like it doesn't have to be burlesque but for me burlesque is about bodies like full stop right and mostly it's about different bodies and so being able to see different bodies and to to watch them just like move and be free like have freedom you know not feel like well if you're this size you can only do these angles and if you're this size you can only wear these things which is you know stupid and I I don't feel like I ever followed anyway because I I don't know. Whatever my fashion sense is, it's always been you weird. Follow any rules anywhere? <laughs> no, I, I, I do <laughs> no not. Rules. In fact, I feel very normal here in this uh, in this black maxi dress for I you. Know. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I toned it down for your podcast. I didn't want your viewers <laughs> to to hear see me in something weird. Although, please know her hair is two different colors. One side is red and one side's blue. Or is it orange? It's, and it's blue? silver and copper. Not even close. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's great that you I can just tell want them to know how normal you uh, look. I know. Listen, these are the things. <laughs> And I, and I also took my snake earrings off. <laughs> I'm very normal, okay? Normal. I'm in awe of how quickly you knew things. You just were confident in age. I was not. It's easy for me to, like, I have lived this life for a long time. But, you know, I remember crying about not being able to fit into dresses. And Really? God, um, I can't even imagine you as that person. Which, I, I don't want to do that to you. Like, I can't imagine you've ever hated your no, body. But I mean, I, I understand. And I mean, I'm grateful that, that, that yeah. that's the, and that is who I am now. You yeah, know? I mean, you are um, a human being in yeah. this society. Yeah, I remember being in Chicago and, and not fitting into dresses. And, like, full on had a crying fit and did not leave my house. Because I was so upset that this dress that I had bought for the did not fit me like what a waste you know know. what a waste of my energy and my time and you know I don't remember what the event was but like that could have been a really wonderful beautiful time and I stayed at home hating myself instead what a fucking waste you know yeah I mean I went through all that stuff I was I was actually talking with um, our mutual friend about uh, I was on Weight Watchers for a while when I was working that job outside Chicago and it's touched us all (laughs) it truly has a WW runs deep you could eat as many pickles as you want because pickles (laughs) were zero girl I know all those zero and, and um, yeah, and so because I was I was eating pickles at lunch today, and I still oh love pickles, God. but I, it came up for me of this idea of like, remember when I used to eat pickles because I thought that that was the health. If I was I was starving myself, but I was so hungry I could just eat a pickle, which like is again insanity, insanity that that yeah. was where my time and my energy was. You know, I'm glad to know this about you because I do a little bit have you on a pedestal, which I think a lot of people do, whether you meant to or not. You have become a role model for acceptance and confidence. And it's helpful to know, I know you didn't come out of the womb like this, (laughs) contrary to the funny story I wish was true, but it's got to be hard to talk about stuff like that. It's got to be a little bit conflicting for you. Like, well, can I write a fucking post about? I kind of have gotten over that, I think, mostly now. I mean, I wrote a post about abortion on Friday that I I was not planning on writing, but it just came out and and it was what what I felt I needed to say. Um, And so the, the one nice thing about Instagram is I think like I'm very lucky that I've cultivated 
cultivated a, a really great following and I've had some wonderful people who have very huge followings share my things and so that's really helped but I feel like I am myself all the time there that like the people who are there and who stay are people who actually yeah hard agree like I can what hear I you in every caption <laughs> oh thanks oh that means so much <laughs> hi do you like podcasts I hope so because you're listening to one if you like podcasts I have something else you might like audiobooks Libro FM is the first and only company that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore. P.S. We have two of those here in Nashville. You can pick from hundreds of thousands of audiobooks, including I Miss You When I Bleak, written by Ladyland's own Mary Laura Philpot. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, feeding the chickens, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. Ladyland listeners, you get a special offer. Three audiobooks for the price of one. That's $14.99 with your first month of membership. Use the code LADYLAND at checkout. For more information, visit ladyland.show slash Libro. It's really easy. So what do you, I'm going to switch gears a tiny bit, but stay with Instagram because we both love, hate <sighs> social media. Instagram. But you have such a unique experience in comparison to mine. Like, I don't get as many just random DMs from men. Like, <laughs> I don't get trolled, really, at all. I honestly don't really either. Okay, because I haven't... When we worked together, Facebook is where mm -hmm. everyone was, and you got trolled hard yes. on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook... Troll may not be the word I want. It Facebook wasn't was a trolled. lot... I feel like Facebook was a lot more... I, I don't know if it's that people thought they had more accessibility Must to you. Be. I think the way that Instagram set up, like, you don't have to try that much harder to send someone a message but I don't know like the emoji language is a lot stronger and things I, I'm not really sure I mean okay. I still I still get a lot of DMs but I I, it's do. not the same where like on Facebook I would just get like weird poetry that's what dudes. I remember I remember weird stuff yeah you're a lot of things you're mm -hmm. a producer you're a performer you're also kind of like the backstage I don't know the word the manager the talent manager anyway you do a lot of jobs you don't just show up and get on stage when it's time and leave oh that sounds so nice right so here's what I do know you do you get on stage and perform. <laughs> uh, you make your costumes. Mm -hmm. You rehearse. Mm -hmm. What else? What else? So at Skull's Rainbow Room, we perform with a live band, which is really great. Okay. Um, so I don't have to do anything with my music. But when I perform other places, like I just got back from a weekend in St. Louis, I cut my own music most of the time. What so, does that mean? So you have a song and it's too long. So oh, like literally want, cut it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just cut it down or you extend an intro or whatever, because a lot of times there's, you know, there's music that fits really well for what you want to do but you're like oh but I know I need this long intro or long outro or you know whatever so being able to uh, like I cut my music to fit what I need the act to do which I think most people don't know about um, never ever and, and hopefully you don't right because hopefully we've cut the tracks well enough that like you don't even think about it it just seems really natural in the act yeah I make a lot of my own costumes I do buy some things I try and support other costumers in the burlesque industry and then it's really nice because then I don't have to do it yeah um, I write all my own choreography oh god I hadn't thought about that either uh, yeah. yeah, you don't just get out there and like shake. <laughs> go where the spirit takes you. I mean, I do some of that. I do a lot of improv, especially working at Skulls with a live band in front of a mostly tourist audience. It's completely mm. different all the time. Okay. So that's the place where I, I do a lot of improv. And so I know the beats of my music. I know where a costume piece is going to come off or I know where okay. I'm going to have like a floor work combo or something like that. But other than that, there's a lot of times where I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh, that guy's got a hat. I'm going to go steal that hat and then make that part of my act. Or, oh, I'm going to steal this person's drink or unbutton 
this man's shirt. That's a thing I started yeah, doing. Yeah, I've seen it's a lot great. of videos yeah. of you doing these things. Yeah, okay. it's great. It's great. I mean, <laughs> fucking with your audience, it's the best. 100%. So that's what I do for those shows. But my stage shows, which are the shows that I travel with, they yes. tend to be a bigger production value. So okay. those, like I'm working on a new, a new act right now. And I, it takes me anywhere from like six weeks to a month maybe to make a new act because Whoa. I have to make the costume um, okay. and I have to also envision what that's going to look like, right? There's no templates for, well, I don't know. I guess there there are, but I want all my costumes to look very unique. I want them to be something that people have never seen before. So just, you know, patterning and drafting, like I do all of that myself. Um, Can I interject a question? Yeah, of course. What leads the thought? Do you think of a costume first, a song first, or a movement first? Or is it different every time? It's different. So I'm very concept heavy. So, okay. you know, I love cheese. That's and body girl. by cheese. Yeah. That's that's me. And uh, so I wanted to do a cheese act. Yeah. And so I was like, what kind of cheese, though, do I want to do? And then I was like, I love pimento cheese. It's a specifically really Southern thing. So that act came out of that concept. And then, of course, like I was like, I'm going to dance to the Mrs. Grissom's yeah, theme I mean, first. Yeah. You know, so, so that kind of came together in a really organic way. And okay. then the costume like needed to look like pimento cheese. So, you know, when I'm doing something that's really concept heavy, like things kind of fall into place that way. But I also like I'm doing a show at the end of this month that's an orange themed show. The whole show is orange. And I'm doing a fire eating act for that. Oh, I forgot. We're gonna have to re-record this whole podcast. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you Freya eats fire. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just one of the many (laughs) things that I do in my life. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm making a new, a brand new costume for that, that actually, if all goes according to plan, I will be able to like burn off of myself so I can use my fire to like have the costume fall off. But that has never existed before so i have to um sure yeah so so i'm, I'm good luck making it up from scratch i have i have Don't all die. of the components down i've i've made three prototypes that fail but i get closer Holy every time shit, so okay yeah yeah so uh i don't know if that answered your question that, that did answer my question okay i hadn't thought about i knew you didn't just show up and do a thing and leave i had never gone backwards and thought well she has an idea then how long does it take to make the costume cut i hadn't thought about mm-hmm. i just hadn't thought about it and you can do as much or as little as you want, right? Like there, sure. there are certainly performers who are all improv all the time and they will, you know, maybe they'll buy a costume, like they'll buy all their pieces from someone who who makes really beautiful, wonderful yeah. costumes. And then they might be able to put that on stage in a week because they already know kind of what they want from it, right? Okay. So it doesn't have to be, but if, if it's something where I'm trying to innovate something and I'm trying to create something new, then it takes me, that, I mean, it, yeah. it just takes the time that it takes, you know? I want to make sure... And I said I wasn't going to touch the big box of stuff that's very noble (laughs) about you. But I want to make sure if anyone isn't real familiar with you or doesn't follow you yet on the gram. Everyone um, knows me. If someone wants to know more about burlesque and take a class, you're it. Like you are who they go to. Yeah, so uh, myself and Chandeliers, um, yes. we run Delinquent Detentes, which um, is Nashville's burlesque finishing school. There are, I think there's a couple like pole studios that offer burlesque classes, but okay. we're the only ones that are, you're going to actually learn from a burlesque performer. Okay. Because that is what we do. That is our full-time job. So can I ask it? I'm interjecting. Do it. Similar to like yoga, you go through a teacher training. Can you just say you're a burlesque teacher? 
Yes, you can. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's been talk of doing sort of like a teacher training or a certificate program or something. But since like we talked about burlesque is so sort of self authored in all the way, like, you know, it's deciding like, well, then who are the people who decide who gets to be a teacher or not? Um, Burlesque as a dance form is not it's not recognized in the same way that even like belly dance is. It's still very and and there's new moves and new things being sort of, for lack of a better word, invented all the time, like new combos that now people are seeing on stage that that now are becoming part of that lexicon which is really exciting because it's such a like it's an art form that can kind of be anything and continues to evolve and grow but it it also does mean that if you are in a smaller city and you're trying to find a class like you could go to someone who just has no idea maybe they've gotten on stage a couple of times but they don't know how to teach they don't know how to work with other bodies so it can be dangerous okay but here in town i mean also if you're listening to this you know me just only go to freya (laughs) I just want to make sure we plug the studio and that well, it's, it's a thing. Well, it's not my studio anymore. But the studio. Yes. Yeah. I'll you change, can, you can I'll come change to, the word. You can come to Delinquent Debutantes. Yes. Um, we work out of Solace, which is um, actually oh, like yeah. Nashville's Flow Arts Studio. Yeah. And there's a lot of great classes there. So if you're interested in anything sort of performance arts, like go see what they have on tap at the, the whatever time you want to go take a class. Yeah. We do Burlesque 101 series, so it's a six-week. at least two or th- maybe it's three friends who have gone through that whole series with yeah. you. And it's super fun because you get to learn a whole choreography from start to finish with yeah. props. Like, so you do like glove peels or you can work with a hat or like whatever kind of the prop is or skirts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we do a quote reveal at the end. So we all wear bras over our workout clothes yeah, and then you do, your, you do your bra removal in your choreography. It's all, it's all very ridiculous, um, which it's, is so amazing which is great because i think it also takes the seriousness out of it like we just think sexy has to be serious all the time because that's like what magazine covers and things sell to us or movies right like any love scene is the most passionate love scene that's ever happened and it's like no that's not what it is and also like putting that narrow box around things is so much pressure like it really is i like that it's so goofy that we wear bras over our workout clothes and then have this like super sexy reveal because it's silly and but it's still really fun and it's still really sexy it's just not as like serious it's not what you think it's gonna be i Mm -hmm. I have put a hundred bucks on this if you think you know what you're going to learn and what the experience is going to be, you you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. You are incorrect. You are incorrect. I've taken a lot of your classes and workshops. I'm never going to perform. Yeah. I don't know the statistics, but the breakdown of who inevitably goes on to perform and who just wants to learn how to do a thing. Real talk, you have to study with me for like a year before performing okay. because we have the burlesque 101 class which is six weeks most people take a couple of those before they move on the advanced class is 201 where i you make your own choreography up and then our actual performance class is 12 weeks long so i think that's really important it's not because i want to like you can get on a stage and do burlesque wherever you want right like you can go to an open theater yeah. space and, and you can make up whatever you want but for me i want to set people up not just to do an act but to be a performer and to hold your own space on stage so it's it's a lot more than learning dance moves or like learning how to take your clothes off on stage. It's like, what's your stage presence like? Like, who are you going to be on stage? What are you trying to tell the audience? Like, what are the stories that you are there to tell? Like, what are you putting forth into the world, right? Like to get really woo about it. Like that's that's important, you know? It's not just, I'm going to throw myself up here and do some things because I feel like it. Like that's still valid, but to me, that's not, it's not quite the same thing, you know? Yeah, no, I get that totally. Okay, one last thing that we're going to do rapid fires. 
Um, back to the you don't have to have like a certification. There's mm-hmm. no teacher training. I know you're a little bit in demand and you get flown to countries and places to teach workshops and to perform. Knowing that there's no certification, why are you in demand? Like what about you is attractive to people that want you to come teach? Just knowing that there's, you know, there's not a degree or a certification. The question all my haters are constantly asking. <laughs> are, do you have haters? I do have haters, but um, no, I mean... I mean, it doesn't matter anyway, right? Like you can have a whole room full of PhDs and one person will stand out for one reason or another. So I don't think certifications necessarily have anything to do with it. One thing is because I am so having a social media following, like like being so vocal, not just like, here's my pretty picture, come to my shows, which is what a lot of performer social medias are like. I don't care what entertainment genre you're in, like that is the majority, as, as, as I'm sure, Kim, you know, because people don't know what to say. They don't know how to talk to people in that format. So being able to have that wider reach does allow me to reach more than just the people I'm in front of every day. I also have a really good reputation. A lot of people, a lot of performers who like, if they lived in Nashville for a while, like they would come take a class with me and then they moved and then they remembered me which is I'm, I'm really honored to have been part of like so many like incredible performers journeys to be able to have taught them and like imparted some little bit of me into whoever they are on stage and yeah I think uh, it's a misnomer to say that I am flown all over the world because I am not I book you everything fly all over the world I book everything myself <laughs> so I am a very ambitious performer I'm a very ambitious producer and teacher and so if I wanted to go to Europe and I was like I'm gonna see if anyone will hire me over there I had a couple contacts from people who had been in the U.S. who had seen me so they could vouch for me. I included references and I have really good references. So yeah, I don't want to mislabel it and say that like, I'm so in demand. I'm in demand because I make myself in demand. I just want to make sure that you're not selling yourself short. You don't just, it's not just because you're the only one in Nashville. <laughs> no, there. You can, if you want to go see burlesque it's, in Nashville. It's because you are who you are. There are multiple shows every weekend. So, and, and, you, and that is. I mean, as a teacher more than a performer. Yeah. So most of the shows that exist here now exist because most of those performers went through a program with me. That's what that's what I wanted you to say. I mean, that, you know, that that is it. That was my goal. I moved to Nashville and I was like, I want there to be more burlesque here. There needs to be more. It's such a huge entertainment town. Like there's room. There's room for everyone and especially for like all these other art forms. And so I'm thrilled that there's so many shows. I'm thrilled that like any weekend there's someone is producing a show. Anyone who comes through town now, there's performers like I used if they said, oh, I'm coming through town on this weekend. Like I used to be like, well, the only show that's happening is every other month at this one place. Yep. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything, but here's this person. They have a show and maybe they can, they have space for you. So it's really exciting to watch that grow and all different kinds of shows. So there's shows that are like really performance art edgy, like not super polished, like really raw, but there's people who love that and they come there to see like just how weird the art can be. And then there's the super polished classic things that you would see at Skulls that you're Mm going to go and that's more sort of tourist based. Yeah, it's exciting to watch all of that grow. I feel really lucky as a, as a workshop instructor that I don't know, I, I often think that the things that I say are things that people will probably know already. And then I'm always shocked when people no, do nothing, not know them. So it's great. No it's one really knows exciting. anything you say. Like, no, <laughs> no, no one knows anything you say. Come to a Freya West class and find out. That's great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, branding expert. Just let, yeah. let me at it. Are you ready for some rapid fires? Ooh, I, I was ready as I'm going to be, I guess. <laughs> okay. These hard hitting. <laughs> Lay it on me. Assholes or tassels? Mm, why not both? That can be your answer. Okay. 
What's your favorite cheese? Mm, that's a really rough question. What's your favorite form of cheese? Just cheese? Because I also know you like cheese-flavored snacks. Mm, cheese is my favorite kind of cheese. Fair. I, you know what? When I come home from a show and it's like 2 a.m., I yeah. love to have some cranberries, some walnuts, and some goat cheese. That's like one of my favorite snacks. Okay. It's a little basic bitch, but that's okay. <laughs> You're allowed that. What terrible sci-fi fantasy dragon book are you reading right now? <laughs> Well, I'm not reading a sci-fi fantasy right now. The most recent one that I read, though, <laughs> is um, called uh, How Long Till Black Future Month. Sure. Written by N.K. Jemison, and it's a series of short stories, all written from... She was just mad that there weren't enough sci-fi. She was like, do black people not exist in the future? So she decided to write a future where black people have agency, and it is incredible, and I highly recommend it. Thank you for taking a dumb question and giving it a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Okay. You can't explain this answer. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure song? I don't have guilty pleasures. I just enjoy I things. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> do you have a song you like to make up choreography to, or you like to just stretch and mm. see what comes out of the movement? I'm trying to think of like what is a song or an artist that I love that I should be embarrassed to love. I mean, listen, I don't listen to this of my own volition, but you know when bars play Journey because they want you to leave? I'm like, this is the last thing that's going to make me leave because I'm about to just do a ridiculous <laughs> dance right now. Don't stop believing I'm about to do don't a ridiculous stop dance right believing. <laughs> There, there. Listen, if you search hard enough, there are videos of me on the internet dancing to "Don't Stop Believing" in heard bars all first. over the U.S. Yeah, let's Google great. that the second you're out of here. <laughs> okay, last one. This is more of a normal one. What's a country you're dying to visit? Because you've been to so many. Mm, I mean, I want to go everywhere. I know. Japan is next on my list that I oh, okay. really, really would like to go to. But being an expensive place to get to and then also an expensive yes. place once you get there, I need to save up some money before that happens. But Japan's been on my list for forever. I want to visit more places in Asia. That's that's really where I'd like to go next. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming to Ladyland. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll see you at Skulls. Yes. You can come see my Ladyland at Skulls. <laughs> Bye, Freya. Bye, Kim. I'm Kim Baldwin, and that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us. To find full show notes, head over to ladyland.show. And if you know a lady that I need to meet, slip into my DMs. You can find me at ladyland underscore podcast on Instagram. This podcast is produced by Mary Catherine Rooker and brought to you by We Own This Town. Logo by Elizabeth Williams. Music by U-Drive. Download anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have a minute, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review Ladyland. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.